Well, good morning, Woodvale family, and a shout out welcome to our many guests that have joined us from across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and even globally around the world. Well, this past week, our premier gave a real significant announcement. Our province is in a state of emergency, uh, stay at home order, and it's really difficult. I know these are confusing and difficult days. I'm grateful that places of worship have been given an exemption to be able to do what we are doing today on site with a limited number of people. So we are glad that we can do this today. But I know this is a difficult season for you. And I know many of you are discouraged. Many of you are confused. You're concerned about the politics south of the border. You're concerned about the next things that are going to happen during this pandemic. And these are difficult, dark, discouraging days. But today I want to give you some hope. And we all know that we've got hope in God and we've got hope in God's word. And we started this year a six-part sermon series that we're calling ReChurch. And we're exploring the six metaphors of the church found in the New Testament. In message number one, we talked about the church as a family. Isn't it great to know that the church, it's not a place you go to. It's not an event that you attend. It's a spiritual family that you and I belong to. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're family. And we're doing life together. And in this pandemic, we so, so need each other. We are family. And last week, we talked about the church as a building. And we looked at a specific scripture where Paul taught us about a foundation and he taught us that the word of God is the foundation and a foundation holds a building up. And the bigger the building, the deeper the foundation. And we need to have a deep walk with God in studying his word. And we challenge you as you begin this year to, to really dig into God's word. Let it be a foundation for your life, for your family, for your marriage. We also learned that Jesus is the cornerstone. And the cornerstone is the first stone that's laid in the foundation. Everything lines up to the cornerstone. And Jesus is the one that lines up our life and keeps us together. He's the glue in our shoe. And then we talked about the fact that we're not bricks. We're stones. We're living stones. Well, today, for a few moments, I want to take you to the third metaphor. And I want to talk to you today for a few moments about the church as a temple. I really believe this message is going to encourage you today. And we're going to look at seven verses. We're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And then we're going to jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And then we're going to land in Ephesians chapter 2. But as we begin, I want to give you a word study of holy temple. That's what it's called in Ephesians chapter 2. The Greek word for temple is naos. Would you say that with me? Naos. That's the Greek word for temple. And it simply means a place or a structure that is specifically associated with or set apart for a deity who is frequently perceived by using it as a dwelling. And so a temple in those days was this structure. It was a place where many in the Greek culture would have their false god, Zeus, or some other god, and they would place it in a structure that they called a temple. And they really believed that their god dwelt in that temple. It was a building. It was a structure. Way back in the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle. And then there was the temple. And God's people knew that God inhabited that place, that tabernacle. And so that's what a temple means. It's a place. It's a structure. It's the place where the deity would reside, dwell, and remain. 
Then there's the Greek word holy, and the Greek word is agios. And agios means sacred. It means consecrated. It means dedicated to the service of God. It means set apart. Hold on to that. I'm going to bring that together in a few moments. Well, let's get into these four passages of scripture that talks about the church as a temple. The first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17. And Paul said, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God would destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are this temple. As I read these verses, I saw three things that I want to encourage you with today. And the first thing I want to share with you, number one, the indwelling presence of God is not confined to a building, but to people. And Paul said to the Corinthians church, don't you know that, that you are the temple of God? I mean, in the Old Testament, God's presence was in a building, but we come into the New Testament and Jesus brings the new and the living way. You are the temple. You are the sanctuary. You see, as I share this message, I'm standing on the platform, not of the sanctuary, but of the auditorium. You are the sanctuary. You are the temple and Holy Spirit is in you. And I want to encourage you with that today. You're, you're doing church at home and you can experience the presence of the Holy Spirit right at your home. I'll tell you why, because Holy Spirit is in you. And wherever you go, Holy Spirit goes. You cannot leave home without the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit goes. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Well, the second thing that Paul teaches us in these few verses is God takes division and disunity very, very, very seriously. So much so, he says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God, God will destroy that person. Context is everything. When you read this chapter, you learn that there was quarreling and dissension in the Corinthian church and jealousy in the Corinthian church. And people were following different leaders. Some were following Paul and some were following Apollos. And, and Paul made it clear that, that Apollos and Paul are just servants of God doing the task that he assigned them. But, but God's the one that gives the increase. We're never to follow a person. We're to follow Jesus. We're not to look to man. We're to look to Jesus. And, and here Paul teaches us that disunity and this division is, is, he takes it so seriously. And it's important that we, we walk in unity. And it's so important that we, we need each other and we need to cling to Jesus. But there's another thing that Paul taught us here. And I love this. Each believer and each church is set apart for a unique purpose. I mean, in verse number 17, he said, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. And the Greek word for sacred is the same Greek word for holy. It's like Paul was saying, you Corinthian believers, you're set apart. You're sacred. You're dedicated for a purpose. You are consecrated for God. And you know what? Just like the Corinthian believers were set apart for a purpose, you and I are set apart for a purpose. God has a grand plan. God's got a great design. God's got a great purpose for us. He's got something unique for us. We are set apart for a purpose. And so is this church called Woodville. God's got a great plan and a great purpose for us. Well, the next scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and verse 20. Let's get right into it. 
Paul said, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I look at those verses and there's three things I saw. Number one, each Christian is a temple. Each Christian is a temple in which God dwells. Paul said, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? This body, my body, your body is a temple. It's a sanctuary. It's the encasement. It's the structure that the Holy Spirit resides in. Paul is reiterating the theme that he introduced in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, but there's more. The second thing he teaches us is I'm, I'm not my own. I'm not my own. I mean, he said very clearly, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. You see, in that day, the Corinthian believers felt that they could do whatever they want. They could make all their own decisions. Their body was their own. But you know what, friends, when you came to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you signed your ownership over to Jesus. You are no longer your own. You are his and he is yours. And he bought you with the price of his blood that he shed on a cross. And I'm reminding you today, and I remind you today, we're not our own. We belong to him. And it's important that we remind ourselves of that. Then there's number three, my conduct needs to be appropriate to the temple of God. I mean, Paul said this, therefore, honor God with your bodies. The Corinthians weren't doing that. I mean, they were living their life any way they wanted. Many of them were falling into the sin of sexual immorality, so much so that Paul said, you've got to flee immorality. And, and he was teaching them, your, your body's not your own. Your, your conduct needs to match your belief. Your behavior needs to match your belief. I want to make sure that my life models who my Jesus is. I hope that when people see me, that they, they see Jesus oozing from my life. I want people to know that we are a follower of Jesus. I want the people in your neighborhood, the people in your school, the people in your workplace to know that you're a follower of Jesus, that your behavior matches your beliefs. Well, the third passage of scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, where Paul said these words, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. I read that verse and I saw three things. First of all, I, I must have absolutely no idols in my life. I mean, Paul made it clear. He said, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Like, understand again, in that Greek culture, they had their Greek gods and they had a shrine of that Greek god in a temple. That, that Greek god shrine was man-made. wasn't even real. It was man-made. And Paul said, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Idols. We're... we're thinking, what idol do I have in, in my life? I, I, don't have a, I don't have an idol of, of Zeus or an idol of some other Greek god. But, but you know, if we're honest, an idol is anything that we place of greater importance in our life than God. An idol can be our money. An idol can be our possessions. An idol can be our career. 
An idol can be the sport that we love. An idol can be ourself. And the truth is nothing or no one should ever take the place of Jesus in our life. He's the most important. He's number one. He is not just preeminent. He is prominent and he is our everything. I would challenge you today to make sure there's no, no idol in your life, that Jesus is your everything. He is your everything. We're in this pandemic season. Jesus is my everything. But then there's number two. God is living and active in my life. I love what Paul said, for we are the temple of the living God. I mean, here's this body, this temple, this sanctuary, and the living God resides in me by, by his spirit. I mean, I mean, Jesus is alive. Holy Spirit is alive. God the Father is alive. The living God is in me. And because the living God is in me, he's active and personal in my life. Paul went on to say, I will live with them and walk among them. I mean, he's quoting some Old Testament scriptures where God said, I will live with them and I will walk with them. But now in the New Testament, God is in us. Holy Spirit is in us. And wherever we go, he goes and he's active and he's a part of our life. So we're in this confusing, difficult time of lockdown, state of emergency, pandemic. We're in a very difficult season on planet earth and, and we're getting nervous. We're getting fearful. What's going to happen next? Come on, church, be reminded God is active. God is living. He's still on the throne. He's still a part of our life. He's with us and he's going to be with us in the days ahead. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He is living and active. He is up to something big. But there's one more thing he, I want to share with you. God desires an ongoing relationship with me and with you. What did Paul say here? He said, I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be their God and they will be my people. And you jump ahead to verse 18. If you got your Bible open, you'll see in verse 18, he said, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. I'm glad that God the Father is in charge. I'm glad that even in a pandemic season when the world is confusing and, and, and things seem a mess and in chaos and, and we're not sure what's going to happen next, God is still the Father and he's with us in this difficult pandemic. And he cares for us and he loves us and he wants an ongoing relationship with us. So even though we're doing church from home and even though we can't be on site and even though we feel separated, isolated from each other, you are never isolated from God, the father. He loves you. He's active in your life and he wants an ongoing relationship with you. But there's one final scripture we want to look at today. It's Ephesians chapter two. Verse 21 and verse 22, we're going to land on these two verses. This is the final time temple is mentioned in the New Testament. And Paul said in him, the whole building is joined together and rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I want to leave you with three things. First of all, because of Jesus, 
His church is not just a building. It's a holy temple. I mean, we started this sermon series that the church is a family that we belong to. Then we learned it's a building. There's a foundation and Jesus is the cornerstone and we're the living stones. But because of Jesus, the church is not just a family. It's not just a building. It's a spiritual house. It's a holy temple. And so my body is just the structure, but Holy Spirit, the Holy One is in me. And we together become that holy temple and that Holy Spirit is in us. And it's because of Jesus, we're not just a building, we're a holy temple. But then there's number two, God connects us. And he doesn't just connect us, he constructs us together. Let's look at verse 21 and verse 22 again. In him, the whole building is joined together. I mean, in Jesus, we're joined together. No, bricks are all the same shape, but stones, they're all, they're all different shapes. I don't know about you, but I'm not a puzzle lover. When I was a young boy, we'd go to my, my, our cottage and my dad would pull out these big puzzles, a thousand piece puzzles, and he put it on the big table and ah, puzzles, they're frustrating and trying to get those little pieces to fit together. It's not always easy. It's amazing how God has brought you and I together as a church for such a time as this. And we might come from different parts of Canada or different parts of the world, different ages, different stages, but he's brought us together and we're brothers and sisters in the Lord and he has fit us together. I love that. He connects us. And you might be wondering, do I, do I fit? You fit. You belong. Whether, whether you've been a believer for one day or you've been a follower of Jesus for years, whether you're just checking us out, you belong here. And God wants to fit us together. I need you and you need me. And God is connecting us, but not just connecting us. He is constructing us. In verse 22, you're being built to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are being built that means we're still under construction. That means God is still working on our lives. He's not finished with me. He's not finished with you. Often at Woodville, we say we're not a perfect church. And if you're looking for a perfect church, Woodville's not the place. We're not a perfect church. We're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect savior. God is still working on us. And there's room for space and grace in this church as we grow in the Lord. So he's connecting us and he's constructing us, but there's, there's one more thing. And this is the final point. This is, this is the ninth point. This is where we're gonna land. And I wanna encourage you with this final point. God, I really believe, is preparing us for a greater purpose. I almost missed this in these final verses, but then I saw it. I wanna leave you with this. Look at verse 21 and look at verse 22. The word become is mentioned twice. Paul said in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. And then in verse 22, and in him too, you're being built together to become a dwelling which God lives by his spirit. The word become means to begin to be. It's almost like what wasn't begins to be. I feel the Lord's been saying to me lately that in this pandemic season, in this confusing season, 
in this chaotic world and in these days of uncertainty, and I, I know the political unrest south of the border and the chaos of the pandemic and the economy and, and all that's going on, we might begin to wonder what's next. But can I remind you that God is in charge that he is still seated on a throne. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. Just like Paul said, become this holy building, this holy temple, become this place where his spirit would dwell. God is doing something in us that he wants to do through us. And he is preparing us for something great and something big. There's an expression that I've used so often, the best days are yet to come. And so I don't believe that the best days for God's church are over. I don't believe that a pandemic's gonna stop what God wants to do. I believe that God's gonna take this difficult season to pivot us to his preferred future and that the Holy Spirit who is in us wants to do something great through us. And so Woodville, Evelyn and I love you so much. We're family. We're family. We really need you. We really need each other. We are so grateful that we can do life with you. We pray for you. We miss you. We can't wait till you can gather back in this auditorium that you, the temple, you, the sanctuary, you, the church family can come back in here and we can be together. We really, really miss you. And we're a building because God has given us the foundation of his word and Jesus is the cornerstone and we're the living stones. But, but can I remind you today, we're a temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit who's in us wants to do something through us. And I believe that God's got a, a, a design, a plan for you and a design and a plan for this church. And, and he has set Woodville apart and he, he's consecrated this church for a great purpose. And I really believe that that great purpose is going to unfold in the days ahead. I believe that this auditorium can contain what God wants to do in this city. I believe he wants to keep on building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I've been praying that no weapon of the enemy formed against God's church would prevail. I've been praying that God would help us to step into that destiny as, as his holy temple. So Woodville family, we love you. And I want to pray for you. And after I pray, we're going to worship in a song together. And then I have some very important things to share with you. But allow me to take this moment to pray for you today. Father God, I thank you so much for our church family called Woodville. Evelyn and I love this church family so, so much. And I pray protection over everyone today. God, I know there's some in the church family, they're down, they're discouraged, lift their spirit today. I pray God in the midst of this chaotic world, in the midst of this lockdown, this stay at home order, this state of emergency, that we would rest and cling on you. That God, we would not fix our eyes to man, but we would fix our eyes on you, Jesus. You're the author. You're the finisher of our faith. You're up to something great. You're up to something big. Wrap your arms around this church family. God, I know there's people who are lonely and discouraged. Lift their spirit, I pray. So help us, God, to be that family. I pray, God, help us to be that holy temple. And I pray your blessing on each one. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 
that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so Goodness of God, who oh, I will say of the goodness 
Isn't it great to worship together? Well, in these final moments, I want to ask you an extremely important question. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of doubt that you're going to heaven. It was some 2,000 years ago that God sent his son Jesus to this world and Jesus walked on planet earth and he came for a reason and you're the reason. He went to a cross and he died for our sins. He took it upon himself, the sins of all of mankind. And after he died, they put him in a grave. But on the third day up from the grave, he arose. Jesus is alive. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the way to a personal relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. Was there a time? Was there a place? Was there a moment that you asked Jesus Christ into your life? You asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You can't buy your salvation. You can't be good enough for your salvation. It's by grace and by grace alone. So you're watching today and you can't answer this question with a definite yes. I would have no greater joy than to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Would you join me in this prayer? Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Today I say yes to Jesus. Today I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I believe there's a number of you right now that you asked Jesus Christ into your life. You've made the best decision of your life. I want to invite you to reach out to us on the platform that this service is being presented to you, and we will reach back to you. We have a follow class that's offered online. It's going to help ground you in your new faith journey. Reach out to us, and we will get you into our follow class. It's offered online, and it's going to help you in your new faith journey. But maybe you're still checking out and searching Christianity. You've got all these questions. We have another great ministry called Alpha. And it's also offered online. We'd love to get you in Alpha. Reach out to us and we will get you in our Alpha ministry and it will answer your questions. And if Woodville is your church family, get into a connect group. We've got 60 plus connect groups across Ottawa throughout the region. Go to our church website. We'd love to get you into a connect group. And even though we're in this lockdown and stay at home order and, and the state of emergency, many of our connect groups are still happening virtually online. Go to our church website and get into a connect group. Well, Evelyn and I love you so much. May God bless each one of you.